please share our podcasts with those that are important to you. This is Doc Talk, presented by St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. You've probably heard the term kidney stones, but do you even know what they are or how they form? My guest today is Dr. Quan Lin. He's a urologist at St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lin. So what are kidney stones? So kidney stones are these deposits of mineral and salt that are formed in the kidneys. Um, they can be caused by many different reasons. Essentially, it becomes a solid material that forms in the kidney. And uh, sometimes uh, patients can have uh, stones that are not symptomatic, and sometimes patients can have stones that are symptomatic. And they typically come and see us when they have an acute episode from a kidney stone attack. How do they form? I mean, is there something we're doing that caused them to form or are certain people more at risk? Absolutely. I generally tell my patients that there are four reasons why patients can form kidney stone. The most common cause of kidney stone in the United States is uh, secondary to dehydration. Um, The way I think about that uh, etiology is a chemistry problem. If you consume more fluid, it tends to dilute your urine more and therefore, the chemicals or these salts that your kidneys produce won't have enough concentration for them to form stones. Uh, the second reason actually has to do with the amount of salt that we intake in our daily diet. Increasing salt intake more than 2 grams a day can also be a risk factor for kidney stone formation. Uh, in general, there is more than 10 different kinds of kidney stones uh, that a patient can produce. Each of them come in with their own risk factor. And depending on the kind of kidney stones you make, um, there are specific dietary factors that we can try to do to minimize your risk. And that's the third reason for forming kidney stone, which is uh, associated with your dietary intake. But in general, to decrease the number of kidney stone from a diet, in addition to drinking uh, lots of fluid, also decreasing the amount of salt is to actually have a uh, balanced and healthy meal, similar to what a cardiologist will recommend a patient. Uh, is something that can also be helpful for decreasing kidney stone formation. And the fourth reason has to do a little bit with the genetics. I mean both that in the sense of if you have a family history of kidney stone, or sometimes your genes will make your kidneys more pre- uh, high, at a higher risk of producing these stones, then you know these patients are the ones that we usually do a little bit more of a workup study and therefore find reasons for them to have these stones and put them on medication. So we'll talk a little bit more about how diet affects the formation of kidney stones in just a bit, but are there certain times of the year when you see more of these than others? Oh, absolutely. So kidney stones uh, tend to form during the warmer uh, time of the year. Uh, So in general, that's usually the summer months. Um, And typically, they form, again, secondary to the issue with the dehydration. It's not just how much you drink in, but during these warmer months, you also have to realize that you tend to sweat a little bit more and therefore get a little bit more dehydrated. Um, so summer months are at a risk factor for developing these stones. Uh, and then depending on where the stone and when it decides to come down and cause issues, that's when you may develop symptoms from the stone. So the time you make the stone and the time you develop symptoms can be at different times of the year. Um, in addition to having the summer months having stones, um, there's also a phenomenon called the stone belt. And that's usually uh, involving the most of the times the southern part of the United States, but in our uh, northeast region, the Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and also parts of New York, we're also at a higher risk of developing these stones. And a lot of patients, I'm sorry, a lot of researchers believe that this is also secondary to the weather phenomenon. So what are some of the symptoms that someone might experience if that stone is causing trouble? 
So interestingly, stones can cause a variety of uh, symptoms. Um, Sometimes patients can have stones in the kidneys and they may not have any symptoms, meaning no pain, no burning, no blood in the urine, no, no issues like that. Usually the stones start causing symptoms if it decides to travel from the kidney down towards the bladder. It has to travel through this tubing called the ureter. Majority of the symptoms associated with kidney stone is when the stone causes a blockage of this uh, ureter. And the symptoms can range from blood in the urine, flank pain, nausea, vomiting, and uh, sometimes the uh, pain can travel from the flank area towards the groin area, depending on what the path of that stone is. Dr. Lin, everyone has heard about passing stones, passing kidney stones, and men in particular find this to be quite frightening. What is the treatment, and do they generally pass on their own, and how does that happen? Correct. In general, the rule of thumb is um, smaller stones have a higher chance of passing versus larger size stones, Um, but every patient is different, and everyone has a different experience at passing stones. Uh, Majority of patients, if they're able to tolerate the pain the other symptoms that are associated with stone passage, such as nausea and vomiting, we typically have them give a chance to pass the stone on their own. Certainly, we do prescribe pain medicine, uh, medicine to help with the other symptoms of nausea, and also a medicine to open up the tubing, the ureter, so the stone can pass easier. I would say the majority of the patients actually pass stone on their own. Uh, it does take a time, a couple of weeks sometimes, but majority of them can pass stones on their own. If you are not able to pass the stone or if you have other um, worsening symptoms such as, you know, poor pain control, worsening nausea and vomiting, and you're not able to keep yourself hydrated, we have many different options that um, procedures to remove the stone for you. So you said it, it could take up to a couple of weeks to pass a stone. Is this during those couple of weeks, can the person go about their daily life or is this something they're kind of you know, in pain and and staying at home and feeling sick? It varies a little bit. Um, The way the stone causes pain, as I mentioned before, is if it causes blockage of the urine flow from the kidney down to the bladder. Once, When the stone uh, travels down this tubing, if it's oriented in a situation where the urine is able to flow past the stone, um, patients are actually not having much symptoms. So you can actually go about your daily life without any problems. And it's only when the stone either goes into a location where it starts slowing down the flow of urine, that's when you can get symptoms. So most of the patients have what we call intermittent renal colic, which is that you have um, symptoms once in a while. It's hard to define what that once in a while is because everyone's different, but um, it's unusual for patients to be in in constant pain for the two weeks when they are passing the stone. It's usually more of an intermittent in nature. So we mentioned diet earlier. How can diet help us prevent stones from forming? And you mentioned something that a cardiologist might recommend, a good Mediterranean, a good heart-healthy diet. What else can help keep us from forming these stones? So um, if we have to go with uh, dietary recommendations, the most common reason, as I mentioned before, for, uh, for kidney stone formation is due to dehydration, and that's across all forms of kidney stones. Um, again, make sure that you need to drink enough to keep your urine diluted. And usually the recommendation is at least 64 ounces of fluid a day or enough to produce about 2.5 liters of urine a day. Um, and that's part of the diet, making sure that you're staying hydrated either by keeping a bottle of water with you at all times or making sure that with meals you consume fluids and, and, and diet. Um, 
The other issue has to do a little bit more in terms of the specific kind of stones that you make. For example, the most common kind of kidney stones that Americans make are called calcium oxalate stones. Now, these stones are two parts to it. One part is the calcium part, and the other part is the oxalate part. Uh, And it's a common misconception that, oh, I formed calcium stone, therefore I need to stay away from calcium. That's actually not true. You need to make sure that you have a steady supply of calcium in your diet to actually prevent calcium stone formation. And the reason for that is if you happen to deprive yourself of calcium, your body is going to get it from your bones naturally, and that itself can predispose you to developing kidney stones. So it's actually you want to make sure that you don't have a uh, calcium-depleted diet um, to, to avoid making these calcium oxalate stones. But more of the other part in terms of the oxalate, uh, we actually recommend patients who make these calcium oxalate stones to follow what's called an oxalate diet. And this, this is something that you can do a lot of research online. There's a lot of lists that talk about foods and the amount of oxalate that they have. In general, things that have high oxalate could be things like berries. Uh, unfortunately, kale and spinach, which are healthy for you in the heart standpoint, have high amount of oxalate in it. And if um, patients realize that they are consuming these foods in excess, decreasing the consumption can often decrease the amount of oxalate their body can absorb and therefore decrease the amount of oxalate their kidneys excrete and therefore decrease the amount of calcium oxalate stones that they make. So really, first of all, because you answered one of my questions before I even asked it, I was thinking when you said about calcium, so does that mean we should restrict it? And you said absolutely not. And people look to calcium in their diet from certain foods. But then you mentioned kale. I don't know how many people overeat it, but if this is something that's so healthy for us, you know, what do you want people to know about amounts that are kind of acceptable and how would we know what kind of stones that we form? So a key thing for all patients to, who have kidney stone is try to either catch the stone if they pass it. Uh, if we're able to do that, we can analyze the stone that you make. And based on the composition, we can give a little bit more specific dietary recommendation. Uh, you know, if you form, for example, uric acid stones, which are the second kind of most common kind of stones that uh, we see in our office, uh, uh, having a, a you know low oxalate diet can, actually doesn't help because the pathophysiology of that is completely different. So the main thing is to try to see if you can catch a stone or have um, your uh, to catch a stone so we can analyze it. Uh, second thing is to uh, perform in the few, uh, what's called a metabolic workup, and what that involves is a little bit more of a labor-intensive process where we have patients collect urine for 24 hours. That allows us to analyze the amount of crystals, um, these elements that your kidneys secrete, so we can identify what is over-secreted. And if we can identify things that are over-secreted, we can either use more of a specific dietary recommendation to decrease uh, that value, or we can use medications to decrease that value. So interesting. What great information. Dr. Lynn, wrap it up for us with your best advice, what you tell people every day about kidney stones when they ask you. So I, I tell patients that um, kidney stone, unfortunately, is a very common um, issue that a lot of Americans experience um, with our uh, daily uh, activity, the amount of hydration we have, and overall diet is becoming more of a pro- uh, prevalent situation that pe- patients have to experience. Um, I will recommend that patients who uh, have a family history of kidney stone or a personal history of kidney stone um, see their primary care doctor just to get um, some screening to make sure that 
we don't have any issues that we need to um, address. Um, but regardless of what the situation with kidney stones, we have a lot of options to help prevent stones and also to help treat stones in case you're having an acute attack. Thank you so much. What an interesting topic. This is Doc Talk, presented by St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. For more information, please visit stlukescornwallhospital.org. That's stlukescornwallhospital.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.